Welcome to Americana One. This is Ken Paulson, and we are honored to be spending some time today with Raul Malo of the Mavericks, who just got off stage. Uh, you've dried up pretty pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, just, I was saying to him that I don't, I can't think of a band like the Mavericks that has such a kindred spirit with its audience, and they are all primed to party. And you know, you have them f from the very beginning. Has that always been a gift? <laughs> well, I, you know, you. you, you I don't know if it's a gift or it's just a, I think that's, it's the relationship that we've had with our audience for, for a long time, you know, and I think, you know, 30 years is a lot of conversation and a lot of, uh, through music, you know, and, and, and through getting to know the band and, and I think, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that, that, I don't think that that happened overnight, you know, I think that that is something that has been has been building honestly it takes it takes a long time to build that so we are here to talk about uh, a brand new record a brand new album released on october 3rd and uh the clever title of this record is <laughs> the mavericks play the hits <laughs> okay it's subtle it's uh it's it's nuanced you know if we we went for the subtle nuanced approach you know you're probably not old enough to remember this but try me <laughs> in the late in the late 60s um, labels would sell off licenses to tracks that were not so like um, like Simon and Garfunkel right. as Tom and Jerry yeah. was released on a label called Pickwick right and Pickwick was always like a dollar ninety nine and yes. would say Simon and Garfunkel yeah. play the hits yeah. <laughs> of course yeah. it was a total lie sure but in this case you actually are playing the hit well we we are and but but it, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was truly the inspiration for when we were thinking about you know this record we wanted it to we we wanted it to have that that sort of appeal of the uh, the kind of record or cassette you'd buy at a truck stop you know <laughs> and so you're not it's amazing that you're saying that because that was truly the inspiration for the title the whole you know we started recording these songs and we we've, we've never really done an album of covers and we've never so we just thought, let's have some fun with it. You know, we've been doing this for 30 years. We always go for the, the you know, the clever, nuanced thing. It's like, this is a truck stop sell, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what we went for. Is it like, um, is it like line drawings of the band? Or? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's cool imagery, you know, but I mean, we're like in a car or something. And, and, uh, and, uh, and you know, it's just it's really big. The Mavericks play the hits, yeah. you know? It's, it's ridiculous. Well, that's fabulous. So are they other people's hits? Yes, yes, they were they they're legitimate hits, hits that have uh, that have mattered to us, you okay. know, and and some of them are legitimate, you know, number ones, and some were just songs that were important to us. And the era would be from when to when? Well, it really we really run the gamut, you know. It, it's 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 anywhere from the the from the fifties to to late eighties, I guess. Uh, you know, we I mean we covered. Like we we covered Springsteen's "Hungry Heart." Oh, you know, um, we um, most most of the songs came from the the country music world because that was a part of our DNA. That's part of our big, you know, it's a big part of our DNA. You know, my favorite trivial trivia question about "Hungry Heart" is who play who sang backup on that? Oh, I don't know. Flo and Eddie, the Turtles. They had, wow. they had just gotten. That's cool. They'd been the the high voices on all the T Rex hits, yeah. and then they ended up singing background on Hungry Hungry Heart. Uh, so, 
actually, so let's have some fun with this. What's the oldest song on the collection? Well, I, oh, I would say the oldest song would be Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Okay. Yeah. Willie Nelson's song. Yeah. And are you doing Willie, or is it your inimitable I'm style? Doing, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing it solo acoustic. So oh, cool. It's an homage to Willie, really, but, uh, yeah, m you know, I'm, obviously I sing it my way, you know. Blue eyes crying in the rain Then we kissed goodbye and parted I again did that song mean something to you it's, it's um when i first started to yes it did it, it and it does it absolutely does the other day i was i was uh commenting on on you know willie's version came on and 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 i was floored again the first time i heard it you know just like the first time i heard it and it's it's one of the most i think one of the most beautiful songs um probably ever written and uh and it really it gave me an insight into willie and into country music and into songs and what i learned one of the things i learned about willie early on especially when he recorded that that willie didn't matter what style of song or what it was as long as it was a great song he would record it you know and he was he is. He's, he's the master at that, you know. And, and there's a courage to that because he does songs, you know, by any reasonable measure, he should not be doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he's Willie Nelson. He can do whatever he wants. He's an, he's an amazing communicator. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, the, that's the thing about what we do. You know, you either, you either communicate or you don't. And you can have a beautiful voice and you can have great songs, but if you don't communicate like like he does you know it it's like it doesn't matter you know it's like it's 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 beyond and that's why we love him and that's why we we paid homage to him you know so how does a band of diverse talents and personalities pick is it 12 tracks it's uh, 11 okay all right because yeah. all the budget labels have 11 songs yeah <laughs> or 10 yeah um how did you decide that is it cast ballots or no it it really well it starts it starts with me since I'm singing the songs, you know, and, you know, um, usually, you know, that's not, I mean, that's, that's not a, um, a, a bragging thing or a, or a boasting thing. It's just that I have to sing it. And so the band really relies on me on what I, on what I want to do. And, and of course, you know when we when when we decide like okay this is the song i want to sing now let's let's do the band you know what what will we do to it you know and and there's some there's some great band moments on this record as there always are you know with with the mavericks but uh yeah that's usually how our process works you know what's your absolute favorite song on that on, on this record yeah man i have so many for 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 several reasons but of course i love I love Blue Eyes just because that's a personal favorite. Um, but we also did Don't You Ever Get Tired of Hurting Me. Uh, 
mm. uh, the old Ray Price song. I, I love that. Um, and we, the band totally does a kick-ass version of Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way? Wow. And we came up with a really, really great arrangement. So that that's going to be fun to unleash uh, uh, out there. You know, it'll be fun to play. It's not one I would have guessed would be. No, it's a total curveball, but it really. You know, I remember that song when that song came out, and it resonated with me. It inspired me. It it it, it was like it was somehow. I mean, I knew it was Waylon's story, but it resonated with me that it was my story too. You know, it was yeah. anybody who's come to this town wanting to do something you know, and wanting to play music and wanting their voice to be heard and wanting their, their songs to be recorded and whatnot, you know. So I think it, and at the time, you know, when that song came out, I was right at those years where you're just, you're taking it all in and learning and, and watching and, and dreaming and, and, uh, and that was part of, that song was part of the vocabulary. And it's surprisingly fresh even, even today. You know? It's, uh, that's the thing about a song. That's the thing about all these songs they 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 sound like if they just got recorded all over again like it's like it's like they're brand new they're 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 relevant they make sense musically they're they're interesting and and uh it was uh it's been really fun to do it it's been really fun to it's been a really great process so what was the first single you bought with your 99 cents oh man you're talking about way, way, way back when? Yeah, you're... you're yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, easy. Um, Elvis's uh, a Burning Love. Oh, wow. Cool. I was like... I think I was like seven or eight years old. And, uh, and they were... Uh, I think they sold them for like 82... Woolworths had them for like 90 cents or yeah. 92 cents. Standard was 99 cents. 99 cents. And sometimes they brought them down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, so you got it like a nickel back and you go get a Coke, <laughs> you know, with a dollar. And you bought a record and a soda. And you'd play that entire side. Oh, and, yeah. and then you'd say, you get bored and you'd flip it over. Yeah. So some, some of my favorite songs from the late 60s, early 70s were flip sides that I, I just listened to oh, over and over. Flip sides were awesome. Yeah. Um, I just, this is a self-indulgent, but I must tell you that when I was 10, I was given $5, and I've got a few years on you, and my five records were The Zombies, She's Not There, The good Supremes, one. Baby Love, yeah, a good um, <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, um, The Searchers, uh, uh, Love Potion Number 9. Uh, and then, because my older brother was an Elvis fan, I bought a really treacly ballad called Ask Me. Which, oh, just ask me. <laughs> I know them all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, but the flip side was, uh, ain't that loving you, baby? I, I think was so. Anyway, <laughs> this is the next album. Yeah. I, this is the very next all album. Other songs. <laughs> um, so, but none of your none of your first five or six singles show up on the record. 
Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say that. I w uh, before the next teardrop falls was one of the first singles I bought. Freddie Fender. Like that was certainly top five singles that first five singles that I bought. You know, I remember still purchasing that record. You know. Have you met Freddie? Do you know Freddie? I met Freddie uh, yeah. a while back. Yeah, it, and he still sounded great. You know, and I and I told him, and he was very nice. You know, and and uh, I told him the story about my dad. You know, and I driving around and and uh, how we how how proud we were to have, even though we were Cuban from Miami, it was still a proud moment for uh, Latinos everywhere to have a to have a. Uh, a Latin man singing on the on the country charts and and not only the country charts pop charts. Yeah. Well, I asked if you knew him in part because I don't know much about your earliest days as the Mavericks, but I would have guessed you would have been the perfect opening act for the Texas Tornadoes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we came along just as they were they were uh, fading out, and yeah. then Doug passed. Yeah. And I, like literally, I mean, I met Doug right as we broke. I met Doug, and it was one of the greatest experiences meeting him. It was funny as hell. And then, um, and then he passed not long after yeah. that. So we never really had that chance. That's you know? Doug Sam, who pretended to be uh, a British band, the Sir Douglas Quintet. That's and right. Had a great career. Uh, but there are clear overlaps between Doug Sam's, Sam's music and yours. Oh, absolutely. I, I would say he's the... Uh, I would say he's the Maverick's spirit animal, you know? I mean, he really was. Wow. When, well, when I discovered Doug and really the depth of his catalog, that's when I'm like, man, yeah, th I mean, this is inspiring. It was inspiring. It was, uh, was eye-opening. Um, and so, you know, there have been moments like that, and, and he certainly, uh, he's, he's one of those guys, a very inspirational. So I've, I've strayed a bit from the record because you just tell great stories. What else do we... Can you rattle off as many of, this, of the tracks sure. as this as you... Well, we did... Uh, we, did we recorded Swingin', which uh, uh, obviously we just played, uh, but... Uh, and it's a, it's a old, single. It's a single. So it's the old John Anderson right. song. And uh, again, one of my favorite songs. And, 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 and I, th I don't think people realize how... You know, we always talk about that crossover hit and that, and how songs, you know, people in country music are always trying to cross over into the pop world and, and, and vice versa, and everybody's trying to cross-pollinate unnaturally and sometimes uncomfortably, and, and it's like, it, it's awkward. And yet, here comes this guy who's singing with a twang, <laughs> and here comes a song about swinging and sitting on a porch. And I remember every bar band in the world played Honky Tonk Women by the Stones. Guess what the next song was? Swinging. <laughs> And I'm like, there you go, man. There's your crossover hit right there. And, that's, and, uh, and that happened whenever, whenever, that's, whenever that song came out. It was 89, I think, yeah, 90. Probably. You know? And his is the most parodied vocal in country music. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> and yet there it was. You know, there, there was a, a bona fide number one pop hit, yeah. you know. I walked over to her house and this was going on. Her brother was on the sofa.
So what else? Well, we did that. We uh, are you sure Hank done it this way? Yeah. Uh, and the old Whalen song, and like I said, you know that song just resonated. Of all the Springsteen stuff, why Hungry Heart? Man, because Bruce. Bruce is one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite artists, honestly. And of course, he does all these beautiful, cinematic, majestic songs, you know, Born to Run, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, you know, all these, and the list goes on and on, you know, 10th Avenue, Freeze Out, and those are songs that are so very, they're very relatable to him and to his experience and of course but then he writes songs f like if he was and he's talked about this because I've heard him you know he's one of my favorites so of course I, I I've, I've admired him you know and he he talks about he writes songs that are that are like like if he was writing for the uh, at the Brill building you know and writing for other pop stars so you take songs like a hungry heart and one day I just started messing with it and I started singing it like a Man, what if Sam Cooke got a, got a hold of this demo? Like, just look at Hungry Heart. Forget that it was this massive hit. We go, what if it's a demo coming to you? And here's Bruce Springsteen sending you his song. What would you do with it? You know? And to me, it always sounded like this song could have come out of Memphis, Sam Cooke, Stax, Sam and Dave. Anybody could have recorded this song. And so we just started fooling with it, and, and that was the, the treatment that we gave it. That's cool, and, and interesting you mentioned the Brill Building because the song I think was released probably 81 or 82, but it was written spiritually in the, in the 60s. It's just it, it, You're talking about Hungry Heart? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's I mean, what I mean. The hooks are just... Yeah, it's a Sam Cooke song. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. What else comes to mind? So uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, we recorded that. Um, oh, we recorded... Uh, the old Hank Cochran song, uh, Why Can't She Be You? Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, in early on on our first record, we paid homage to one of my favorite writers, Harlan Howard. And, uh, and we somehow left Hank Cochran out of the mix, and we like, no, I'm, I'm, we're, we're putting this on here, because he's one of my favorite writers, and he's written some of my favorite songs. And, and, uh, and that one is is uh, that's just a masterful song, I think. That's a real hardcore country record you've got. Pretty much, uh, I mean, oh, we recorded, we recorded an old uh, Marvin Gaye, Mary Wells song, a song called uh, Once Upon a Time. Cool. That was a duet, it was on a Marvin Gaye record. Uh, it was on a Mary Wells record, Marvin Gaye duet album that Barry Gordy buried. Oh man! Because there was a dispute between him and Mary Wells, she left the label. So, so 
Gordy buried the record, and it's wow. it's been reissued since, and this song is on there, and it's a gem. How did you find it? Well, I, I gotta be I gotta give credit where credit is due. My 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 21 year old, uh, well at the time 21, he's 23 now. Uh, Dino, uh, he found it on on one of his playlists, and he you know I'm always my kids are always turning me on to new music, and I get new music from my youngest one, Max and Victor, and I mean they turn me on to all kinds of stuff. So they every once in a while there's something in there that's like really spectacular and this song was a, was a gem i can't believe i missed it i mean i know a lot of music and i missed that one i, I just love this and uh i obviously uh, since Tell went away I've, I've been waiting for a record like this yeah, uh, with yeah. All the hits. that's what this is <laughs> yeah, it's, um well i know this record the new album uh, mavericks play the hits um is going to be fun yeah, because there has never been a Mavericks album that's been reviewed as dark and brooding. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've got a little bit of that as a solo artist, but yeah. uh, no. So it's going to be. I mean, fun. even though we have dark and brooding songs, it's funny. It's just it, it's all right. You know what gets written about. I think it's the narrative that that yeah. that suits the. Yeah. You know, it, it continues, yeah. and it's all right. Yeah, it's, fine. It, it, it's actually good to be thought of as a band that makes people happier sure yeah sure i'm uh, you know that's not so bad yeah you know. well uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you particularly when you've got this new record coming out and and one of the things i i so admire about Malo is it's crystal clear that he's a talented musician but he's also a, a record collector and music fan and and you know yeah, you get all these guys who are jaded and they decide their music is it but when i talk to somebody who clearly has has the same passion as the fans it's a it's a privilege oh yeah no i and i think everybody in the band is a hardcore music fan man we're always where everybody's uh, you know everybody's always playing new music or something that turns them on or you know we're always uh we're always finding good stuff and or trying to find good stuff and and uh you know because a it inspires us too you yeah. know it really does well, this is t terrific to, to know this new music's on the way. New old music is on the way. Yeah, uh, right. The Mavericks play the hits. I guess, I guess it was between that and, like, Meet the Mavericks with <laughs> right. all, yeah. all your heads on the yeah. front. Anyway. We, yeah, we, we were this close, but we, we sided with the cheesier one, Play yeah. the Hits. I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Ro Malo, thank you again, Thanks, as man. always. Thank you. This is Americana One and Ken Paulson. Please tune in again next week for a conversation with another record collector turned superstar. Our thanks to Erica Nalo for her always sterling production and to Dave Paulson for writing the theme music. This is Americana One.